Did you ever think you were made it? I feel I'm so close I could take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value taming, giving values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to haters. How they run, homie? Look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. I'm Patrick Lederby, host of Value Today we're going to talk about 10 conversations you ought to have with your parents. Yes, you. You're an entrepreneur. You got big dreams. You want to do big things. You're afraid of that conversation you got to have with your mom and dad. We're going to talk about the 10 conversations you must have with your parents. Look, one of the first conversations you got to have with your parents is for them not to impose their fears on you. And let me explain to you what I mean by not imposing their fears on you. This happens so often. It's a, they're not doing it intentionally. They're not trying to hurt you. There is no negative intentions. It's just they failed. They have pain, so they want to pass it on to you in a way of thinking that they're protecting you. Let me give you an idea what happened the other day. The other day, uh, someone texted me. I have a text that you can text me now. There's what the number is going to be somewhere around here. This kid texts me. says, I'm sitting with my grandpa. We're watching one of your videos. And while I'm showing him uh, this video about being an entrepreneur, my grandfather says, be careful starting a business or being inspired that these things are possible because when you do fail, it's very painful when you do fail, right? And he's saying this, is what should I say to my grandfather? What would you tell him? I said, have your grandfather read this. I said, I hope your grandpa is not imposing his fears and failures on his grandson, because if he does, his grandson will also have the same fears and failures that he had. He responds back to me, says, that was a deep message. I showed it to my grandpa. He had nothing to say. Why? You know why? Because that's exactly where the grandpa went. All he thought about is, oh my gosh, all I just did with this 22-year-old soul who has the ability to go out there and build something significant, I just shared my fears and securities and failures with him what if he believes it? Then he's just going to go be average and ordinary. So it's very important for you to sit there and say, look, mom, look, dad, I just want to tell you, I love you. You have no idea how much I love you. You've done this for me. You've done that for me. You've done this for me. But I got to tell you, sometimes I feel like you're passing your fears and failures on me, and I don't want to be that person. I understand it didn't work out for you with Bobby. Or I understand it didn't work out for you with your uncle or your brother. But I want to go out there and build a business, and I need you to support me. Or don't say anything negative to me about my business. I need you to leave me alone there. Can you please support me there? And I see what they're going to do with it and what kind of a convert. Maybe a little bit of friction, but I guarantee you, even after a friction, a day later, two days later, three days later, they're going to say, you know what, I'm proud of my son that he can have these kinds of tough conversations. Son, we'll support you. That's the first conversation I'd have with them. The next thing you got to talk to your parents about is certain things that they said while you were growing up that stuck with you, that you believe it, that may not be the truth. It's your parents' truth that's been passed down to you, but it's created some kind of a limiting belief in you that's got to be addressed. Let me talk about what I'm saying in this part here. I grew up and my mother, we had a relative, she would always say things about this relative. He was the wealthiest person in our relative. We say, oh my gosh, bad person. All he cares about is money, greedy, all this other stuff. Every time I would see this man as a kid, I would kind of look at him like this. Just kind of like, you know, what a greedy man you are. And I can't believe he said, because I'm loyal to who? My mom. I'm loyal to my mom. That's my mom. Why wouldn't I be loyal to my mom? Fast forward years later. I'm 13, 14 years old. We're in the U.S., okay? So I go to this guy's house once a year. My dad would take me. 7,200 square foot house, next door neighbor to Snoop Dogg in uh, Upland, uh, San Antonio, if you know the area. Anyways, California. And he had a tennis court, basketball court, swimming pool, garden, fruits, 
pool table, office, pictures with Al Gore, presidents, one picture of his entire family with white. In the morning when they would have breakfast, the 20, 30 people would come together because they all lived together. They would have breakfast. I would see how these kids always wanted to be around him. I'm like, wait a minute, if this guy's so bad, who knows more bad things about him than his own kids? Why do his kids want to be around him? I don't care if other people don't want to be around me. If my kids who know me the best want to be around me, I'm a winner, am I not? Fast forward, I'm 33 years old, okay? My mom and I have a sit-down in her kitchen. And I said, Mom, can I ask you a question? She said, yes. Why did you not like this person? You realize you made me not like rich people because of what stuff you said about him. Why did you say the stuff you said about him? And my mother has so much respect for her. She said, you know what, Pat? At that time, I didn't like the fact that when he became rich, he couldn't spend time with us anymore, and we wouldn't see him as much as we used to anymore. I didn't like that. To me, it felt like he was being snobby because he made a lot of money. I said, well, mom, when this guy starts building a business and an empire, it's kind of tough to go and try to spend time and accommodate time with everybody. You just don't have that kind of time. I relate because I'm your son now, and I've experienced that. She says, no, I get it now, but that's what it was at that time. I said, oh, my gosh, for 33 years, I believe this. For 33 years, I believe this. 50 pounds off my back. That was just some fear that was passed down to me. Some of the things that you may have uh, heard from your parents may be different than what I said, but you got to go ask them because if you don't, their truth will be your truth, even though it's not the truth. So look, this next one is in every relationship you need to be kind of doing this, even with your boyfriend, husband, you know, wife, girlfriend, sitting down with your mom and dad and saying, this is what I need from you. Very simple. What is it you need from me? Whatever it is you do. I remember one time I pulled my dad aside. I said, dad, I need you to start telling me you love me. I was 21 years old. I got out of the army. I've never heard my dad say, I love you. And he says, you want me to tell you I love you? I say, I want you to tell me you love me. Say, you love me. I want to hear it. He says, you are becoming American. I tell you. What is this I love you? You know I love you. I don't need to tell you I love you. I say, you need to tell me you love me. He says, I don't tell you I love you. You already know I love you. He gets upset. He walks off. I say, well, what's, what's the matter with this guy? So I leave. I go to work the next day, Valley Tour of Fitness. I get a call. Pat, your father's calling you on line one. My dad's calling me. He never calls me at work because he thinks it's disrespectful. He would never do this. My dad, is, he thinks when people's family call them at work, they're insulting the business. That's my dad. So I pick up. I said, Dad, what's up? He says, uh-huh, uh-huh. How, how's work? Work is good, Dad. Okay, okay, good. Okay? I said, Dad, you okay? Yes. Okay, okay. Okay, I love you. Click. <laughs> He hangs up. I'm like, what is the matter with this guy? He hangs up the phone. Then I get another call. Patrick, your sister on line two. I'm like, why is my sister calling my office? My, the gym runner. She calls me line two. So I pick up the call. My sister calls in, right? So I pick up the call. I'm like, Paulette, what's up? She says, did you speak to dad today? I said, yeah, why? Is he okay? I said, yeah, why? She says, he, he just called me. He said, I love you. And he hung up. <laughs> I like, stop cracking then he really says, yeah. I said, he's okay. Last night I had a conversation with him. I said, you got to start telling your kids you love them. And she's like, oh, I thought he was having heart issues. I said, he's totally fine. I went home. And by the way, from that day till today, my dad says, I love you more than we say it to him now because he loves saying I love you to me, to my wife, to his daughter, to his you know, grandson, granddaughter, to everybody. He's all about love now. But we had to have that conversation. So rather than being upset with your parents because they don't say it, 
have the conversation with them. The next one is if you have kids. This is not to everybody that doesn't have kids, but you can think about this one day when it happens. How you plan on raising your kids, and what does this mean? Some of the things your parents did, maybe you don't like. You know, some of the things your parents didn't do, maybe you want to do, and they may not want to do. It's just a conversation to have to say, look, you know, you, you could be disciplining your kids in a certain way, and your mom or your father undermines you in front of them. Uh, w- wait a minute, what, what just happened right here? Uh, can I have a conversation with you guys? This is how I'm planning on raising my kids. I understand they're your grandkids. I love it, but this is how I'm raising my kids, and these are things that are very important to me. They could be very simple things. The fact that you don't want the kids to watch TV freely all day long, you just hand them the remote. Your parents may think that's okay. You have to tell them that's not okay with my kids. Maybe the fact that you want your kids to read, but you didn't grow up reading. Maybe you want your kids to play outside, but you didn't play outside. Maybe you want your kids to be inside, but you grew up on the outside. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is that is important to you, this is not nitpicking stuff. To me, it's not like 50 different things. It's really three different things. I'm not bringing up with a list of, hey, let me go through a list of 55 different things that I want to give you in a manual on how to do this with my kids. No, but it is certain conversations. In this household, we're raising our family as Christians. We're not talking about God here. In our family, we're going to be doing this. In our family, we believe in this. These are the things that I want to raise my kids with. I think a lot of times when you have that conversation, it's a little bit uh, uncomfortable at first for them because they're like, who are you to tell me how to do this? Because I'm your, I'm your parent, you know. I had you. You tell me how to talk to your grandkids. Are you out of your mind? But you need to have the conversation because they're not going to spend as much time around your kids as you're going to spend around your kids. And one day the responsibility how your kids turn out is not going to be the grandparents, it's going to be the parents. You need to kind of control the point of contact. Now it's a different story if you're living in a cultural family where grandparents are there and they're spending more time with your kids than you are. They have the authority to say some of this stuff because they're around them more than you. But for the most part, you need to have a conversation with them and tell them how you plan on raising your kids. This next one's a tough one for a lot of people because they're uncomfortable talking about their parents' finances with them. It's like, you know, I've been in the financial industry for now nearly 20 years as an advisor, Morgan Stanley, and now ourselves, and you would go sit down with people and say, tell me about your parents. You know, what what kind of financial situation are they? Are they relying on you? I don't know. Are your parents on track to uh, to retire? I don't know. I can't tell you how many people would tell me I don't know. I said, how do you not know? We can't have that conversation. We've never had that conversation. Why have you not had that conversation? Have you spoken about long-term care? Where do they want to live? Do they want to be taken care of? Do do they want to stay at an old folks home? Do they want to stay home? You know, what about final expenses? They don't want the kids to have a, you know, falling out between the kids because a lot of times parents want the kids to stay together when they die, right? But a lot of times because parents don't prepare to have these tougher conversations when a parent dies and there's some kind of a will, the money's being fought within siblings and then all of a sudden there's a falling out among siblings because the parents didn't have their finances in order. So in reality, it was the parents' fault on the way they handled their finances. So if you don't have these conversations, one day could lead to a falling out between the family members. And I promise you, your parents don't want that. So you need to sit down and have the conversation with them about money and finances, where they're currently at and what direction they need and what kind of help they're going to need long term. Like this next conversation is sometimes uncomfortable on yourself as well as your parents because, you know, like uh, when you talk about health with your parents and it comes down to possibly talking about length of living and heart and all this stuff, parents don't want their kids to talk to them about dying. You know, like you're talking to me as if you want me to die because it's sensitive. Like it, it can come across that way sometimes. And, and for the right reasons, because as you get older, the one fear that's uh, on your mind all the time is dying. It's no longer the fear of being accepted or friends or being cool or finding a girl or finding, you know, kids. It's, am I going to live long? Am I going to die? What's going to happen to me? And so when it comes down to health, 
It's encouraging physicals. Dad, when's the last time you got your heart checked out? Who's your doctor? Relationship with the doctor, depending on the age of your father or your mother, is having something with them that if something goes on, they press a button, 911 gets called. You know, everything with that is purely preparation. How are your teeth? How's your, you know, bones doing? Tell me how you're doing with your hair. For some people, hair gets thinner. You need to have those conversations. What is it that you want to be able to feel confident about yourself? But these are things about health that you need to have a conversation with because myself, my dad's had 13 heart attacks. Okay, he's got three stents in his heart. 50% of his heart is black. Uh, when, when, when I mean black, I mean it's dead. Half his heart is dead. So we've had to have these conversations a long time ago because he was a smoker and he drank a lot when he was younger. So some of these things are tough conversations to have, but normally when you're having more of a serious conversations, your energy and your spirit needs to be lower, calmer. They can go here. You need to stay here. And even if the mutual siblings come together and say, Mom, we want to have a conversation with you. Dad, we want to have a conversation with you. We love you. We kind of want to know where you're at health-wise. We kind of think that this smoking thing's got to be dropped because it's really hurting you. But you need to have that conversation. And even if they go here, you cannot go there because you won't get any results. you got to figure out a way to stay here. Even though you're dying to go here, try to control yourself to stay here when you're having a tough conversation with them. This next one's a little weird because as people get older, kids think parents no longer have dreams, right? It's like, oh, my, my dad's seven years old. What kind of dreams is he going to have? My dad's 60 years old. What do you mean he has dreams? So for me, I would ask my dad, I would say, Dad, what are some of your dreams? It's like, what are you talking about? What do you want to do? What do you mean, what do I want to do? What, what do you want to do? What are some things you want to do? I, I don't know what you, what do you want to do? I wouldn't mind going to Hawaii. Okay, great. What do you want to do? I wouldn't mind going and watch. Like one day I told my dad, I said, Dad, you got to tell me what you want to do. Dreams, right? Because these are things that causes family and parents to want to live longer. Sometimes we forget to ask dreams from people as they get older because dreams is the only conversation we have with kids and young adults, but we don't do it with somebody that's 60, 70, 80 years old. So I said, Dad, I want you to think about some of the things you want to do. What does he want to do? My dad called me out of the blue one day and he says, you know what I want to do? I said, what's that? He says, the U.S. Open is this week I'm going to go to. I said, you're serious? Yeah. You, you want to, you wanna, which U.S. Open? Golf or tennis? Tennis. You follow tennis? I like tennis. Since when you follow tennis? I mean, I've never seen you hold a racket. What, what tennis? I like tennis. Why do you like tennis? Nadal is in the finals. You know Nadal. Of course I know Nadal. You watch tennis. I love tennis. So we're going back and forth. So, okay, so what do you want to do? Uh, you said that you told me I want to go. What do you want? I want? Okay, let's go. So, so I booked the flight. We went to New York. We got tickets. Bill Gates was there. All these guys were there. In the middle of the uh, match, I have my dad say something on Snapchat. U.S. Open picks it up. ESPN picks it up. Within five hours, it's got 600,000 views. His friends are texting him saying, you're on Snapchat. He still doesn't know what Snapchat is. It's being shown all over the place. He's having the time of his life. And to him, that's like, hey, that's great. What are we doing next? So it's very, very important for you to have a sit down with your parents and say, mom, what are some of your dreams? What are some things you want to do? Dad, what are some of the things you want to do? You will be blown away by their reaction, and you're going to love having this conversation with them. So this next one is purely for you. And I'm explaining to you what I mean by this is purely for you. It's asking them the deeper history of the family. You know how sometimes you know a little bit, and I'm not talking about just family tree like homework you did back in high school or junior high school or fourth grade, fifth grade. I'm talking about for yourself. Like, listen, who was grandpa, honestly? Tell me about some crazy stuff about grandpa. Who was grandma? Who was I more like? Who were you more like? What were some of the things you guys faced? What was your mom and dad's relationship? How was your relationship with grandpa? 
Well, what is this whole thing about with Assyrians? Who are we really? How do you view Assyrians? How do you view Armenians? Whatever you may be. How do you view people from Honduras? How do you view people from Puerto Rico? How do you view Vietnamese folks? Or from, what do you think about us? What is the thing with the, what we really stand for? You're asking them these questions. Who were you in high school? You're interviewing them. You know, I literally have a two-hour interview with my dad that I did three years ago. It's never been shared anywhere. It's for me. He says, why are you interviewing me? I said, what do you mean, why am I interviewing you? Why, are, why is this, ca- I told you, I don't like this camera stuff. Put this camera stuff away. I said, do you like your grandkids? Of course I like my grandkids. What kind of a stupid question is this? I said, let me tell you why I'm doing this interview. Because one day your grandkids, would you like to have video of your grandpa? Where you can sit down and watch your grandpa talk one day? He says, of course. I said, your grandkids are going to be able to watch you speak in this video because you're going to give them life advice. Uh-huh. Okay, let's do the camera, bring the camera, you know, that we had the conversation together. But it's, it's to get the deeper history of family because I can tell you there's one thing um, that if you were sitting right here in front of me, within five, ten minutes, today I had somebody who's a whistleblower, sat right in front of me, right here. She was sitting right in front of me before we shot this video. And she's the whistleblower from uh, Cambridge Analytica. We're sitting here talking and we're obviously talking about what happened with the election and Trump and Brexit and all this of Facebook. And by the time I go into it, pre- I said, tell me about your parents. Start talking about her parents. I said, tell me about your grandpa. My grandpa was a military intelligence, 27 years. My mom was working at Enron. My dad was a real estate person. My you know, family's Jewish and Poland and Russia and all this stuff, right? And, my, and he's telling, she's telling all these stories. Do you know what happened all of a sudden? She starts crying. She gets emotional with a smile on her face. You know why? Because when you go deeper in your family history roots, it's happy and emotional because it's you. It's a part of you. It's a beautiful thing. And imagine you don't have those conversations with them. This is why it's a good idea to set up a time to go sit down with your parents and ask them some questions about your family history. I promise you, you'll be blown away by it. This may not apply to a lot of you guys because if your parents are together, then you don't need to have this conversation. But if your parents are divorced, this sensitive conversation about getting uh, remarried, right? Now, if your parents don't have a problem getting remarried and they've done it a few times, you don't need this video. This doesn't apply to you, okay? But I'm talking about some of you guys that have parents where they don't want to get remarried. You got to ask them why. Okay, I, I've asked this question both from uh, my mom and my dad because uh, in the Middle Eastern culture, both my parents are very proud and, and their kids matter a lot to them, both of them. My, their kids matter a lot to my mom, and the kids matter a lot, uh, their kids, my mother kids, we matter a lot to her and we matter a lot to my dad. And many times they don't do it because they're afraid of losing your relationship. It's not an easy one. Let me explain to you why. Because this is tough to describe, but you can take it any way you want. We as kids are greedy. We want all the attention, okay? And if somebody from the outside comes in, that is possibly going to take that attention away from you and get mom's attention now more than she gives to you, or dad gets attention from somebody else than you, you may think you're okay with it, but you may not be okay with it. But if it helps them have somebody have a conversation with long-term, if it helps them have somebody go to dinner with, somebody to go to movies with, to have fun with, to have private time with, and it makes them a happier person, you got to be able to find a way to support it. But a lot of times they don't do it. It's because they're worried about how you think about them 
and they're worried about possibly losing your love. And the kid love is different than any, any other companion you may have. This may be cultural. Again, it may not matter to any one of you that are watching this. Maybe there's only like, you know, a few of you that are watching this saying that that's exactly to me and my parents. Maybe you got to have a conversation with them and let them free and set them free and tell them, say, Mom, if you, I think it's a good idea for you to find somebody. Dad, I think you got to, you may be 68, but you, you're 68. You still got 20, 30 more years to live. Why not? What's wrong with it? It's a, it doesn't matter. They're going to do it. But they're going to be free if you have that conversation with them. And they're not going to bring it up to you. It's a lot better if you bring it up to them. You know, this last one is an interesting one because uh, just uh, the other day, Emmett Smith, the running back, his son, everybody was wondering what college he's going to go to. Now, Emmett Smith went to Florida, Gators, right? And it's this interesting scene where his son, the father is hoping he goes to Florida to keep it in the family. But the son says... I'm taking my talents to Stanford, okay? Now the media is all watching what the dad's reaction is going to be. Let me tell you what the dad uh, uh, says in front of the media. He says, listen, we, I would like my son to be a Florida Gator. Matter of fact, he puts the hat on. I am a Gator. But we've raised our sons to make the right decisions for themselves at the stage of their lives they're at. I support my son to want to go to Stanford. I'm going to wear this hat. <laughs> <laughs> but I can wear the hat, this hat. He doesn't have to wear this hat. You know, his daddy went here. That doesn't mean that my son has to go there. At the, at the end of the day, my son has his own journey. And it is his journey, not my journey. And for him to do the things that is best for him is what we teach all of our children. To find what is best for you and go make it happen for yourself. What a moment. Why, why is this such a special moment? It's because that son was tough enough to make that decision to go there. It's a reflection of the character the parents passed on to their kids. That respect goes to the parents. You understand when the son makes that kind of a decision, the father's sitting right next to them. I tip my hat off to Emmett Smith, the father, and the mother, right? What they did. You also need to have a conversation with your parents and tell them what your dreams are and who you want to be. It may not be aligned with what they want you to be. I got three kids. Believe me, one day my kids, they're going to have strong personalities because I'm their father. They're going to sit me down and say, Dad, here's kind of what I want to do in my life. You're an entrepreneur, your business, all good. I have no desire to want to do that. I want to go be a lawyer. I want to go make movies. I want to go tell stories. I want to go do this. And as long as I've taught them the right way of thinking and processing, and they come to me and tell me that, and they're serious about their decision, I'm going to say, son, honey, baby, you got my support, baby. Go do what you want to do. But if you don't have that conversation with your parents, they're going to be confused. Half the time, your parents don't believe your dreams are that serious to you. They, they, they don't really. And by the way, you may go tell your parents about it, and they may blow you off. That doesn't mean they don't support you. That means they just don't believe you yet. And it's on you to convince them that you're fully supportive about your dreams. Because a lot of times, kids want to go tell their parents, one day is this, one day is that, one day is this, one day is that, one day is this. Of course your parents are not going to believe you. But if you go tell them, here's what I want to do, and you deliver on it, you will gain the level of respect from your parents that you never had before. So go have that conversation with your parents about what your dreams are. As long as you are crystal clear about your dreams and you're willing to put the work behind it to have your dream become a reality. Thanks everybody for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five star, write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick Bidavid. And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.